As we approach your word, we approach it with humility, with a sense of honor. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this morning. On this Father's Day morning, right here at Heart of the Bay, we draw from your wisdom. We draw from your word. And we expect the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated, and uh, for those of you that are up in the booth this morning, you can throw those notes away, you can throw those scriptures away. Uh, You might save them for the second service. Um, But while we were worshiping, I got an unction, I believe, from the Holy Spirit, praise God. And uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, 2 Corinthians, uh, the first chapter, and uh, let's look at verse 2 and verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 3. It says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of of all comfort. I want to speak to you today along the lines of the Father of all mercies. When we think about and look at the different attributes of our Father, we could number them, and it would take us a long time to do that. But one of the things is our Father is good. Amen? Our Father is loving. Well, this morning, I want you to pay particular attention to that phrase, the Father of mercies. Now notice with me that father of mercies is not singular, but his mercies are plural. In other words, there are multiple mercies that you and I as his children can draw from. I'm so glad for the mercy of my heavenly father. Amen? Amen. So let's take a look at some of those this morning. Let's take a look over at Psalms 103, and we'll just rehearse a few of the mercies of God. Psalms 103, of course, in verses 1 through 3, the psalmist was so full of the love of God and love for the Lord and love for his Father. He said, Blessed be the Lord, hallelujah, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless his holy name. And now notice with me in verse 3. It says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And so there is the mercy of God in regards to the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Amen? Now, keep your finger there. And I want you to look over at Micah chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 17. Say it with me. He is the father, he is the father. of mercies. You're believing God with me this morning, aren't you? Micah, the third chapter, and it's somewhere in the back of the uh, Old Covenant, Old Testament. And uh, notice with me in the third chapter, and I believe it's verse 17. uh, Micah, did I say Micah? Chapter 3. Okay, there's not a 17. Well, that's, that's what I get. All right. So uh, look at Micah at chapter uh, 7, chapter 7, and look at verse 18. We got it on that one. 
Micah chapter 7 and verse 18. The Father of all mercies, forgiveness of sins. It says, Who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever. That's good news. Now notice this phrase, because he delighteth in mercy. It gives our heavenly father great delight to show mercy upon mankind. To show mercy upon his children. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, you don't need to look there. It says this, but God who is rich in mercy... Wherewith by his great love that he loved us. So we see here that he's delighted to show mercy. And he's rich in mercy. We could say it this way. He will never run out of mercy for you. He will never run out of mercy for mankind. It gives our father great delight to forgive. It gives him great joy to see people come out of darkness into the kingdom of God. And it gives him great joy to see his children come out of darkness. Well, what do you mean? I thought I was already translated out of darkness. Yes, you are. But did you know that as a child of God, you can live in darkness as if you've never received the light? But oh, thank God he delights in mercy. And his arms are open unto everyone that will call upon his name. Amen. Amen. And so we see here that he's rich in mercy. Now turn with me over to Psalms 103. Psalms, the 103rd chapter. Notice this in verse 11, and we'll go back to the first part of the chapter. It says, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them who do what? So we see from this verse that his mercy is great toward those who fear him. Not toward those that are afraid of him. Not toward those that draw back from him. But his mercy is great toward those that reverence him. Amen. Glory to God. Now notice the next verse. Let's read this one together. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Glory to God. You know, he also said, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. You know, he doesn't want to remember our messes. Amen. He does it for my own, for his own sake. Then he goes on to say, I won't even remember your sins anymore. Now the devil remembers them and the devil wants to remind you of them. But you just remind him that he's a whipped one. That he's a defeated foe. 
and that the blood of Jesus has been shed, and now you are the head and not the tail. Amen. Glory to God. This is really, really good news. He's rich in mercy. He delights in mercy. And, hallelujah, he forgets and removes all of our transgressions. Did you know that you cannot measure how far the east is from the west? Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And then, as we looked in Psalm 103, in that verse 3 where it says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, then it goes on to say, He healeth all thy diseases. Hallelujah. Did you know that there's healing mercy? I said there's healing mercy. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, why is that? Because the Bible says, for God was with him. In other words, the father of mercy was with Jesus as he was going about doing good. I'm glad it doesn't say Jesus was anointed by the devil and went about doing bad. No, thank God, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. You know what that means to you and me? That healing must be good. Hallelujah. When that leper came to him and said, I know you could heal me if you will. Jesus stretched forth his hand and said, I will be thou clean, showing him that the will of God was for him to be healed and him to be whole. When Jesus was moved with compassion, when he saw the multitudes, he began to minister to people. He ministered to the blind. He ministered to the halt. He ministered to the maimed. And healing power came upon them and caused them to be made whole. It was all because of the compassion of the Lord and the mercies of God. Amen. 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 See, in Luke 6.38, it says this. Well, John 6.38 He says, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but I came down from heaven to do the will of my father, which sent me. So when you look at Jesus, that everything he did, every step he took, every word he spoke, every good healing that took place, he was showing the world the will of his heavenly father. Hallelujah. He says, the things I do, I do by his unction. The things that I say, I do by my father's leading. So the whole life of ministry, the whole examples of his life was a picture of the father's mercy. Amen. So we see then that the mercies of God forgive, the mercies of God heal, and the mercies of God restore. Everyone say restore. Restore. Hallelujah. So let's look over at Luke chapter 15. And let's camp there for a little bit. Luke the 15th chapter. Luke 15. And uh, I think we'll go ahead and just begin over there in verse 1. Seems like a good place to start. Luke 15. Chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. In verse 1, it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he layeth out on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, and saying to them, Let's put him to the whipping post and teach him a lesson. No, thank God, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Hallelujah. And then in verse 8, he says, Either what woman, having a pieces of ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and diligently till she find it. And when she has found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner, sinner that repenteth. Hallelujah. I mean, if there's joy in heaven, don't you suppose there ought to be some joy in the church? I mean, when a person comes to Jesus, when a person, glory to God, says, I've had it with this world. I'm done with the spirit of this world. I'm coming into the kingdom of God. I believe there ought to be joy in the church. Amen. I'm telling you, there's restoration in the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Now, notice with me this story of the prodigal son. This is a great, great set of scriptures. In verse 11, and he said, a certain man had how many sons? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. So we see here that he got his inheritance and he took his inheritance and he lived like a renegade. (laughs) And when he spent all and there arose a mighty famine in that land, he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, you know, it's a good day when people come to themselves. You know, perhaps you have a prodigal son. Perhaps you have a prodigal daughter. I say by the word of the Lord, never, ever give up on them. Never stop praying for them. Never stop speaking faith-filled words over them. Never stop pleading the blood of Jesus over them. And never stop loosing the angels all abound around them and all over their entire lives. Amen. I'm telling you, God's word works. 
I'm a living testament that the Word of God works. My mom and my dad were very grieved by my lifestyle. They did not know exactly what was going on in my life, but they knew that something was amiss. They knew that something was wrong. Now, they were Catholics, and they prayed the rosary, but they were devout Catholics. It doesn't matter, really, what denomination you're from. God doesn't see denominations. He looks at the heart of men, and He looks at the heart of women. Amen. And I'm sure for one thing, that they prayed fervently for their prodigal son. They may not have known how to pray in the Holy Ghost, but they know how to have communion with their Heavenly Father. And I just know this for a surety, that my Heavenly Father heard the prayers of my parents. And as a result of praying parents, I came to myself. I came to myself. I could have gone to hell. I could have been in hell over 40 years now. But thank God for an awakening that came upon my soul. Thank God for the goodness of God. Thank God for the mercy of God. So you may have some prodigals in your life. You may have some sons and your daughters that you're grieved over. I say by the word of the Lord, stop the grieving and start the praising. Stop the grieving and start the praying. Stop the grieving and trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And pray, glory to God, the angels be loosed around them. And laborers, hallelujah, be sent forth into the harvest. And they can come from afar. They can come in from the north. The south, the east, and the west. They can come out of riotous living. They can come out of homosexuality. They can come out of the things that are bringing them down. And the reason why is because our Father is merciful. And our Father is good. And our Father loves them as much as He loves us. And as much as He loves you. Glory to God. Thank God for awakenings. Thank God for men and women coming to themselves. You see, people are blinded by the God of this age. People are blinded by darkness. But aren't you glad that you have the light? And from your position in Christ Jesus, you can speak light. You can declare light. And you can pray light to your loved ones. Hallelujah. And I declare by the word of the Lord that it's just a matter of time before they come to themselves. I said it's just a matter of time before they come to themselves. Oh, hallelujah. Shout with me. Thank God. He is the father of mercies. He is the father of restoration. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, see, he wasn't thinking right, but when he came to himself, he started thinking right. He started seeing more clearly than he had seen before. All he could see before was the women. All he could see was the, was the binges. All he could see before was the sin. All he could see before was getting his money and running. But when he came to himself, he started thinking more clearly. Yeah, that's right. Thinking clearly. Hallelujah. Yeah. God of this world blinds the minds that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Amen. So he came to himself and he said, how many hired 
servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare. And here I am. I'm hungry. I'm perishing with hunger. Here's what he said. I will arise. Now notice this progression. First of all, he came to himself. He started thinking more clearly. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something about this. I will arise. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters will arise. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. I'm just saying, make me as one of your hired servants. He wasn't expecting when he came to himself and when he rose up to be completely restored to full sonship. In verse 20. And he arose. Everyone say, he arose. He rose rose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off. Dads, moms, keep the light on. You know that ad? We'll keep the light on. Moms and dads, just keep the light on. Keep the light on. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. That means his father was expecting His father wasn't in the bedroom wringing his hands and weeping over the past. His father kept the light on. And when he was on his way, he saw him. In other words, he must have been expecting his son to come home. Are you expecting? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm expecting big time. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion or mercy on him. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Kenneth Copeland said many years ago, when you miss it, when you fail, don't run from God, run to him. But you know what? Here's a picture of his son running to his father but his father also running to him that's a picture of him he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him and the son said father I sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no war worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servant bring forth That old robe that I'm just about done with. No, thank God. Bring forth the best robe. And put the best robe on him. And not only that, 
put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. When a person was set free from prison in those days, they would be set free without shoes on their feet. And the father says, let's restore unto him not only the best robe and the best ring, but let's put shoes back on his feet. Why? Because he's got somewhere to go now that he's been restored. He's got someone to represent now that he's back in Father's house. It looks like to me that this son, even though he knew he didn't deserve it, it looks like to me that he was restored to full sonship. He was restored to full sonship. And when your sons and your daughters start coming back, don't remind them of their past. Restore unto them sonship. Amen? And then he didn't stop there. He says, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. <coughs> For this my son was dead. But thank God he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And everyone got happy. All except for one. The whole house got happy. All except for one. The elder son was in the field and he came and drew nigh to the house and heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. <coughs> he was not showing mercy. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. For what shall they obtain? They shall obtain mercy. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed thee I at any, at, at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I may, may marry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with har- his living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. Notice the father's response. And he said unto him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. This is a very clear picture of the Father of mercies. And so what do we do with a message like this? How do we act as sons of God? As sons of God, we are also to be merciful toward the people around us. I believe this, that the greatest healings are yet to take place through the body of Christ. I believe that the greatest miracles that we've all sought for and prayed for, I believe that the greatest miracles are yet to happen. But I believe this, that as we fervently pray, and as we follow the example of Jesus and our Father, and just pray that His mercy 
and His love and His compassion flow through us, we'll begin to see the greater works that Jesus talked about in John 14, 12. That's one thing we can do with this message. But here's another thing. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Glory to God. How many of you know that there's no one that is too far gone? There's no disease that is too far gone. What do we do with this message? Well, in Hebrews 4, in verse 16, here's what it tells us to do. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe God this morning for the mercy of God to be shown forth in this place. Amen. Amen. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And notice with me in verse 16. It says, Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and that we may find grace to help in a time of need. Has anybody ever needed God's mercy before? Does anyone today, <clears throat> boy, it's cold, need God's mercy in their life this morning? Hallelujah. We're going to come this morning. We're going to come as a congregation. And we're going to believe God for healing mercies. We're going to believe God for restoring mercies today. And if a person wants to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're going to believe God for salvation mercies. Amen. 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 Go back to Psalm 103. Let's tie this message up. This is all right, isn't it? Glory to God. Psalms 103. Great is His mercy. Great is His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Psalms 103. We looked at verse 3. Forgiveness is a mercy. Healing is a mercy. But notice here in verse 4. Who redeems thy life from destruction. We could say it this way. Traveling mercies. Or protection mercies. You don't know how many times the enemy's tried to do you in. But because of his mercy, hallelujah, your life has been redeemed from destruction. Verse 4, who crowns thee with loving kindness. And what kind of mercies? Now say this with me. He redeems my life from all destruction. And he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He forgives me of all iniquity. He heals me of every disease. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is being renewed just like the eagles. Glory to God. Amen. Did you know that renewal of youth 
when you're 60 and 70 years old is mercy. You know, some people want to credit this potion and that potion and this tuck and that tuck. Or this lift or that lift. But you know what? If we'll just put our faith in Him and just live by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, He'll lead you and guide you to all the truth. He'll lead you what to eat, what not to eat. He'll lead you what to take and what not to take. Amen? You see, there is a renewal of youth that is available to all of God's people. Hallelujah. I'll be 67 in November. You know what? I rose bo- raise both hands and say, Lord, I receive that. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me real strong. He's renewing, He's renewing my, youth, my youth just like an eagle. You know what eagles do, don't you? Eagles soar. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to soar? How many of you are ready to soar through your 50s? Soar through your 30s? How about 70s? Anybody here ready to soar through their 80s? Hallelujah. Now this can only happen by continuous quickenings of the Holy Spirit. And that's what you and I have by the mercy of God. I love Romans 8, 11. Notice that verse with me and then we'll pray and believe God together. Romans 8, 11. Says this, but since the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead, what will he do? He will also quicken your mortal bodies. By who? By his spirit that dwells in you. The more God inside minded we are and the more we come boldly to the throne of grace to find help and obtain mercy in our time of need, the more quickenings of the precious Holy Spirit we will experience. He is the God of all comfort and he is the father of all mercies. It is only by the mercy of God that people can go through some of the tribulations that they've been going through. It's only by the grace of God that we can wake up tomorrow and say, it is well with my soul. Amen? Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I've done my best to deliver this word today. And now I just lean on you and trust you for the results that it shall produce. Maybe not results that we see right away, but results that will be forthcoming. We thank you, Lord God, for your invitation this morning to come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Let's just pray just for a moment. If you pray in the Spirit, go ahead and pray in the Spirit. If not, just lift up your voice. And let's just do a little praying here for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God.